0: When I was in university, I had the opportunity to go to World Youth Day in Cologne, in Germany. And before, when I told this story, I used to say, okay, a few years ago, I went to World Youth Day in Cologne, but I was calculating the date and it's almost been 20 years now since I did this. So I have to start saying quite a few years ago when I was in university, I went to World Youth Day in Cologne, Germany. And it was really a transformative event for me to go there. And I think most of you know what World Youth Day is. Uh, the youth of the world catholic world really gathered together so there could be a million or so young adults there students gathered to pray to listen to talks and of course a highlight is to hear from the pope at that time and the pope when i went in cologne was still pope benedict so it was a big event because this german pope was returning back to germany for world youth day and a very significant moment during this world youth day was to take a pilgrimage to the cathedral. So if you've been to Cologne, you'll know that in the cathedral there, there is a beautiful Gothic cathedral, really marvelous, one of the world's most finest Gothic cathedrals. And within this cathedral, in the sanctuary, there is a large golden, It looks almost like a house, technically called a reliquary. And inside this reliquary are the relics or the remains, so it is said, of the three wise men. And now, of course, with all these sorts of relics, especially these that old, it's impossible to know exactly whether or not the remains of the wise men are there. But it is a very ancient legend that these, this gold reliquary there in Cologne holds the remains of the three wise men. But most importantly, really, is how this has become a place of pilgrimage to contemplate the wise men, the lessons that they teach us And Pope Benedict did just this during his kind of homilies that he was giving us. So I remember as well, on the last vigil, we were all gathered at night in prayer. And Pope Benedict made a very powerful speech about how we should imitate the wise men in our own lives, how we can be wise like them. And this really struck me to kind of imitate the wisdom of these magi. How can we become like them? What are they like, or kind of what characteristics did they have that we can imitate? So, first of all, we don't really know much about these magi. We don't even know for a fact that they were men. The word magi could actually be masculine or feminine, but kind of the joke goes that we know that they're men because God sent a star to show them the way to get to Bethlehem because he knew that men wouldn't stop and ask for directions. So be that as it may, we're not sure if the, if the wise men, the Magi, were men or women. We're not sure how many there were. We assume there were three because there's three gifts, right? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But we can learn something about these Magi by seeing the way that they journey towards Jesus. So the first thing that we can say about the Magi, I think with certainty, is that they were seekers. They were seekers They were searching for the way that God was active in this world, and we know that the Magi were not Jewish people, so the Jewish scriptures, the Old Testament was not their scripture. They were looking for other signs of God working in the world. They were looking to the stars, and they were willing to see how God was even working outside their land. We know they came from afar, we know they were of a different religion. And as well, we know that these Magi were wealthy because of the gifts that they bring and were probably seen to be some kind of dignitaries, important people. But we know that one characteristic of the Magi that we should seek to imitate is the fact that they tried to figure out how is God active in this world? What are the signs of the times, as Vatican II would say? How is God active in the world? How is God challenging us to serve people around us? How is God present in our world here and now? Above all else, the Magi were seekers. They sought to determine how God was present in their world, calling them to behave, how God was active. This then is the first characteristic of the Magi that we can seek to imitate, to be seekers, to try to find out and determine how God is present around us, in our society, but even in our families, in our workplaces, How is God manifesting himself? What are the epiphanies in our life where God is calling us to act? The second characteristic we see of the Magi is that they were humble. They were humble people. And the Magi, of course, are kind of juxtaposed or compared to another dignitary, Herod the Great. And whereas Herod the Great was vicious, was proud, Herod the Great didn't want to have anybody question or threaten his authority to the point that he would kill children. The Magi were very humble. They came, as we hear it in the Gospel, uh, first to Jerusalem, because this is where they expected a new king to be born, this greatest of all kings, this king who was God. They came to Jerusalem, but they did not find this new king there. And in the end, they were told to go to Bethlehem, And when they came to Bethlehem, they encountered a king that was unexpected, a poor king, a child, a king born in simplicity. But note how the wise men, or the magi, respond. They accepted this mystery. They went and they paid homage to this king who was very, very humble, very, very poor, and they offered him their gifts. In this way, the magi are seen to fulfill the first reading that we heard from the prophet Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah, at the very end of this book, looks forward to a time when all people, all nations, will come to the God of Israel and offer God gifts. This then is seen as a fulfillment of this. The Magi, from a distant land, from a different religion, come to the God of Israel, Jesus Christ, and offer gifts. But they do so in a very humble way, they accept something that maybe they did not understand, that maybe they're expecting God to be powerful, God to be rich, but they recognized at that moment that God was entering the world in a very simple and a humble way, and they responded with humility. They paid homage to God and Jesus Christ. The final virtue, I think, or characteristic of the Magi, this must be more, but that's all I can think of today, but the final virtue of the Magi is that they're generous so we see of course when they come to jesus christ they offer these opulent gifts fit for a king gold seemed to be what was kind of the most worth uh while or expensive uh, possession at that time they offer him frankincense and myrrh which were fragrances and perfumes from far different lands very expensive used in religious customs and social customs They were very generous in the gifts that they offered to Jesus and also the holy family who were there. The wise men had this great generosity to use what they had at the service of others. Over time, of course, different traditions have developed about the wise men. They became men only and ultimately have these different names. And one kind of later story that was told about the wise men was a story that was called The Other Wise Men, and it was written by Henry Van Dyke. And it kind of, I just recently came across this story. I don't know why it took me so long to know about it. It's really an interesting one. And this author, Henry Van Dyke, tells about a fourth Magi by the name of Artaban. Maybe some of you have heard this story. And it goes like this, that these wise men, these Magi saw the signs in the sky, that a new king, a king of kings would be born, a king who would be like God. And the wise men, they communicated with one another. They were from different kingdoms and made a a kind of a plan to meet or rendezvous at a certain point on the way to where they would follow the star. So they kind of made a plan to meet there. And of course, there were no cell phones, so it would be hard for them uh, to meet. If they missed each other, they were in big trouble, right? So they had to be at the right place at the right time. Now, as the story goes, Artaban didn't have gold, frankincense, or myrrh, but a bag of precious jewels, of precious stones. And Artaban, as he was making his way to meet the other three wise men, came across some poor people. And he decided to go out of his way to delay his journey to give some of these precious stones to the poor people who he encountered along his journey. Now, unfortunately, because of this, He missed the rendezvous time, and the other three wise men had to go to Jerusalem without him. So Artaban then was quite heartbroken that he missed this chance to meet the King of Kings. And he went through his life over the following years. He still had this bag of jewels, and when he would come across people in need, he would use that value or that wealth from the jewels to serve the poor, to serve the needy that he encountered. Finally, Artaban did make it to Jerusalem, years later, three decades later, and as he was walking through the streets of Jerusalem, he saw a criminal being taken away to be crucified. And something really moved in the heart of Artaban, and he recognized or had this intuition that that criminal was this king of kings who he was supposed to meet so many years ago, and he was downcast that he didn't have the opportunity to meet him before he was taken to be killed. And then surprisingly, this criminal speaks out to Artaban and says to him, don't be brokenhearted, Artaban. You've been helping me all your life. When I was hungry, you gave me food. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was a stranger, you took me in. This beautiful story of Artaban really highlights or hits home for us the generosity of the wise men, of the Magi, that they give to God and ultimately to all people their possessions or serve them with their time and their talents. Perhaps then, maybe at the end of Mass or as we're in Mass, we can take an opportunity to look upon the beautiful nativity scene that we see and to look at the Magi there and maybe ask ourselves a few questions about how we're doing imitating these Magi in our own life. When we look at the Magi today, we can ask ourselves, am I a seeker like these Magi? Am I trying to determine how God is active in my life? Am I a seeker like they are? Am I humble like the Magi are? Do I see not that power and wealth are the greatest of things or seek to get these? Or do I try to serve to see the value of those who are kind of down and out. Am I humble like them? And finally, am I generous like the Magi? Do I use what God has given me, my time, my talents, and my treasures at the service of those around me?